No, that's okay. It's okay. I'm in Kamocha, like it's a minty side, but I'm coming to town now. You need your powder? Okay, let me come and bring you and you drink it. Let me come. You just listened to Brian, a sex therapist in Uganda, recommending a specific powder for one of his clients. Let me come. I'm coming. I'm on my way. At this stage, I had no idea what he was selling, but later he used words like vaginal detox. He recommended, you know, a combination of hemp and honey to increase sexual pleasure. Actually, it does smell like honey. What else is there? Honey and hemp? Honey and hemp? Really yeah. yeah, and some other little local herb. I'm forgetting how it's called in English. So what, so you, do? what you, you do, you just dip your finger in and put it as deep as it can go. So how many days? How often? My, most of my girls do it every day. Brian is a self-taught sex therapist, uh, labia puller, and vagina whisperer. People call me any they want, because they're Brian. Some people call me Dr. Brian. A few times that I had sex, I would really make every girl go crazy. So I was like, I think I need to put this to, to practical. People mm. come to me, they don't know who they are. I don't know where my G-spot is. I've never come. I don't know what, what sex is. Everyday girls can. Yeah. So I do this every little day of my life. As we later found out, he is also a female body psychic. Karin, my friend, is the producer and editor for this podcast. She and I met Brian in a bar and sat down to find out more about him and his story. This is Lulu and Karin, and you're listening to Real Talk. So I got your number from my auntie, and she recommended we talk to you because you are Koja. Okay. Yeah? So, um, are you comfortable with the interview? Uh, please very ask me any questions. I'm very comfortable. I'm I got Brian's number from an auntie who lives abroad. Okay. Yeah. And when she gave it to me, she told me that he was a, very famous with the ladies, but also that he was really, really good at what he did. Okay. I, and uh, I quite do a lot of things uh, in the natural lines. I first worked as a natural hair specialist. I do natural hair. Mm. So that's where I started from. And I realized there's a niche. When I met Brian, I expected an older, wiser guy, even if his voice had given away his age, I didn't expect him to be 30. I didn't expect him to wear Ray-Bans. I didn't expect him to have a gold chain. I formerly was a sex addict. Ooh, okay. And I was pretty good at doing crazy things. And uh, I, because of that recovery process, I started reading about this whole thing. Yeah. So I started reading more and more. Then I started exercising. There's a way I have were you exercising the, no, exercising the, the skill of talk and stuff like that? Okay. I figured out I can just talk to you and define you. Yeah. I can just look at you and I know what your body needs. What does my body need? Every vagina is different. Your vagina is not the same as Carrie's. Yeah. What she needs, not what she needs. Mm -hmm. Do you understand? And you can tell that by just looking at someone. Exactly. Physically. Really? Yes. Now with Carrie. Now I'm getting self-conscious. Go on. Now with, with, with this was in the first five minutes of meeting him. And what we didn't expect was how detailed he described our bodies. Carrie is a, is a very oral person. Yeah, Karen, yeah. yeah. She needs time. You don't just come and do a quickie and run away. She needs a lot of time. Not only did he tell us our shapes, you know, our preferences, what we like, but he got into such detail that it became uncomfortable. So you're going to hear a lot of giggling, you can, a lot of shifting around, you know, and obviously incredulity. High legs works for her really crazy. Her legs? Her, when, when the legs are really high. <laughs> But how can you tell that brand? Please help us at least understand one thing. How, is it the way she's sitting? I'm seeing, I'm seeing her for the first time. So. Oh my God. I'm not going to. I'm not going to ask her to confirm or deny that. It's okay. She doesn't. I'm going to confirm that. Okay, confirm. Can to be honest, who knows what research brand did to arrive at these conclusions? 
I still had my doubts until he started to describe my personality and Karen's personality. I guess a combination of both made it a little bit more convincing. For you, your temperament is different. You're superly sanguine. So a, a man that is not really confident cannot handle you. You're superly sanguine, overly controlling. Yes, I am. <laughs> now, now, at this place, I don't have to touch or grab. Mm -hmm. If I kissed fear in a teasing way, it'd be very crazy for you. Fear is going to be automatic to pour, to pour out. Yeah, but how do you know that? That is freaky. It's actually just so freaky. So can I ask, did you just see that from yeah, the way how we walk or the way we talk? Uh, actually, I would, I would be a liar if I defined how I tell. Okay. I would be a liar. Is it intuition? It's, it's, it's that, 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 that's, that's that. There's a few little things that I can def define. Do you see me naked or do you feel something? Like when you... I don't embrace like, people unless I have to. I don't embrace you. So, yeah. I don't. Actually, when I came in here, I just didn't think about it. But it's yeah. just because I thought about you it. You like, thought about it. It just counts. I don't yeah. go on the street looking around. All that guy is like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't pay even attention. No, no, no. Yeah, okay. Because now it has become a daily life for me. It's my job. Now, during the interview with Brian, we were both very uncomfortable to begin with. We were shocked. We felt really exposed and naked, you know. And secondly, he was describing our physical appearance in front of each other. You know, Karen is a friend of mine, but I didn't want to know how she looked. So obviously, we had been completely thrown off. But also, something started to happen, and we started to feel really comfortable, you know. The more exposed I felt, I guess the more intimate it became. And we started to trust him, but also to really listen to him. I lost my parents at an early age. I'm an orphan. Yeah. I was orphan. I never saw my dad. And then my mom died when I was nine. Yeah. She was a. She died as not. She she died a young girl. She died at 27, mm. HIV and stuff. So I grew up in this kind of struggle life. You're alone. I, I started having sex at the age of 10. Uh, Brian explained that he actually yeah, lost his virginity at the age of 10, and by the age of 14, he claims that he knew the female body more than his age mates or more than women who are older than him. He realized that he was having so much sex with women. But also, apparently, he realized that they did not know what their bodies meant. And he decided to teach them. In Uganda, mainly, there's a lot of men that don't know what to do, how to even have sex. They, they just think sex is an in and in out thing. You understand? So I found a way to redefine sex. By redefining, what Brian actually means is he found a way to tell women how to understand their bodies. So it's just basically noting a few things. So I realized a lot of people don't even know this. Even the women, they don't know their body parts. You understand? They don't know what really works for them. Some women are like, I've never come. I've had a lot of women say, I don't know what coming is. I, I, I've never come. I'm too dry and stuff like that. It's basically preparation, how you understand. Some girls say, well, I've never squat. And you'll squat, you understand? You know, squatting, flushing the water go out. Uh, most girls have never. So they come for that very thing. So just for you to make them squat? Exactly. In most tribes in Uganda, sex education is actually done by the paternal aunt. Like in the Baganda, it's called a senga. It was a very private thing. They gave you premenstrual lessons, prepared you for marriage, told you how to keep a home, but especially how to keep a man. In some tribes of Uganda, there's a tradition of pulling the labia. For example, the Baganda call it visiting the bush. And what happens is that it takes a period of months and you pull the, the labia to extend it. And for some, it's as long as a pinky finger, even longer. And initially, when I first heard about this, you know, I thought it was predominantly for the pleasure of a man because that's what the Senga said. Because you have extra skin, you have extra skin to grab a penis with. 
you have extra skin to work mm. with. I'm one of those people that pull girls. Mm. So they will come to me to do that. What I found interesting about Bran is that he actually pointed out that labia pulling can benefit the woman more than the man. And this is what happens. These things we pull are connected to a G-spot. You understand? That's why a girl that is pulled, the, the arousal behind here is much more different than the girl that is not pulled. A girl that has pulled, it's different. It's easy to get them there than a girl that never pulled and that has been exposed over time. You understand? Is it though? Because you know what? I mean, my, first of all, my worry is the pain. And yes. also, to be honest, I don't want it to look bad. I don't want to have like hanging labias, you know? They don't hang. That's the beauty about them. You tuck them in. Brian, I've been in boarding school and that's the first time I saw it. I was across a girl. You know the showers in boarding school? They yeah. don't put curtains. And I looked across and she had hanging up the size of a pinky finger. That's beautiful. It's a different experience. So here's what I find interesting. When, when I heard about the pulling the first time, I was really fascinated. For example, in the United States, yeah, um, the number two plastic surgery after breast augmentation is cutting the labia. So women want to have the, sh the tiniest vagina. They don't want any labia hanging out. So I find it fascinating that I come to a country where this is like the complete reverse. It's like, no, the bigger your, your, your labia, the better. Your definition yes, of, of exactly. what you think is sexy or beautiful is so culturally Defined. Everything about vaginal care is, is, is basically for you, for yourself, not for a man. Now, the, the notion that goes around in many African girls is if you don't do this, they will marry you. No man will want you. But at the end of the day, it's about you understanding that I'm not doing it for anybody. I'm doing it for myself. But if you don't like it, don't do it for anybody. Do it for yourself. Whether we agree or disagree about the different cultural approaches to how a vagina should look, at least we can all agree that pulling the labia is a very intimate thing. And we're curious where exactly Brian carries out this activity. It's not something that you can go in for just one visit. Some people have to go for a period of months. People, I have a spa I use. We go in as if we're going to do massage. Because it's a private thing, you understand? But my spas know me. The moment they see me with any guy, they just know, oh, Brian is going to do his business, you understand? Yeah. Some people, I pref they prefer being at their home, their rooms and stuff. You understand? They're comfortable in their rooms. And I go do them from there. Some people are actually weird. I do them from their cars. All they have to do for a few 30 minutes of, I call it reconstruction, for better for a better word, not pulling. So they, they just, whatever we find, whatever is comfortable for you. Brian actually explained that while pulling the labia, it's more convenient if the woman was wet because it sort of balanced out the discomfort. What I wanted to find out though is what that does for him. This is a very intimate situation. It's now turned from intimate to erotic. Wanted to find out his experience while he was pulling the labia. I don't like pulling by the way. I don't like it sometimes because I know what it causes me. It's like putting sugar on your tongue and they say don't lick it. You understand? So it's already melting. You don't have to lick. It's already melting. So I suffer blue ball. Not blue ball. Yeah. That is how he said blue ball. Not just blue balls. Maybe this is his way of actually balancing out. So, so you know when I'm pulling, I there's a bit of erosion that comes on, turns on a yes. little bit. So that, but we just know. You create your mind that here is just a pulling thing. Yeah. Now that for me that's a little bit tricky but because what's that, that is the youngest client you pulled also, you know? Because uh, 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 okay, if you are getting turned on, that would be yeah. The youngest client I refuse children. The youngest client I have a pulled was. Uh, 22. She was a campus. She was a campus girl. But this is what I've not slept with a client like 
on 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 job duty stuff yes, like that on yes. a duty kind of thing no 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 i am christian born again because it's going to sound controversial being a christian i don't want to sear anyone's conscience this is why it got interesting for me you know mixing religion and tradition pleasure and guilt and i wanted to find out how brian actually manages the two beliefs uh, the guilt that comes from religion is different. I am not the one involved in the sexual things that come with their sexuality. What I'm giving, actually 90% of the, the advice I give is biblically like uh, best. You understand? Because there, there's no other wisdom you can get elsewhere. Sometimes we get, I get Muslim clients that come to me and like, you know what? Your situation is this and this, but God will help you. If it needs God, if it needs my approach, I will still give it. But under, under the supervision of like how I believe, how I view things. So do men also come to you? I have a few. A few come. A few come because they are dragged by their women. Yeah. By your, by your clients? Because 99% of my clientele are women. I have like 40 WhatsApp forums. The biggest number is women. On a daily basis, I have someone crying before me about mm -hmm. their marriage. Do you understand? That's why I didn't want to go here. But for me, it's actually like ministry now. I'm helping people out there. So when Brian is dealing with women, some are vulnerable, then they get comfortable with him, but all of them are coming to him with issues to do with intimacy. So for a man who knows so much about women, I'm actually surprised that he doesn't have one in his life. Uh, the, the biggest trauma that I go through is, is uh, the fact that I'm not married. I'm actually a lonely guy, very lonely, because I have a lot of people around me, a lot of people around me people that admire me and stuff like that. But private, private is really, is really not nice. I'm a lonely guy. The two people, my job and me are different people. So there's a story of a clown who was really depressed and he went to a doctor. When he got there, he said, doctor, I'm really lonely and I don't know what to do. The doctor said, that's easy. There's a really good clown in town who you can go and see and everything will be okay. Then the clown broke down into tears and said, but doctor, I'm that clown that you're talking about. I kind of feel like this is Brian's story. You know, he knows so much about women, so much about intimacy. You know, the vagina whisperer who is single and alone, you know. At the end of the day, what does he really know about women? Or what does he really know about himself? There you have it. Orgasms, vaginal reading, labia pulling. It was all there. If you ever need a sex therapist, we know where to find one.